Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White. This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, Series 2, Episode 5, the 2012 Snakehead Tournament. I wasn't too familiar with this tournament, hadn't really read about it in the blogs and the fly fishing chatter. I heard about it through Twitter from the Maryland, Virginia Snakehead Slayer, and I heard about it through Chef Chad Wells, and that was about all I knew. I knew it was somewhere in Maryland and that it was going on in June of 2012. So I took it upon myself to go down there and I brought my recording equipment, I brought my video camera, and I brought my cameras. And I wanted to learn more about this. Hopefully this will just be another means of getting the information about this annual tournament out to the fly fishing community. So there'll be more fly anglers there next year. I plan on fishing it for sure. I did the short drive, it was about 40 minutes out to Marbury, Maryland. And there I met up with Austin Murphy, Chad Wells, the fine folks at Alewife Restaurant, Dino in D.C., and Flying Dog Craft Ales out of Maryland. So this is what I was able to learn, and the whole idea was that I would eat snakehead. I haven't eaten fish, or I haven't really ordered fish, since 1993 when I was on a boat in the Galapagos and we were served Wahoo. That was freshly caught that day. 
I remember eating some grouper that my mom ordered at Hook Restaurant back when Bart Seaver worked there. But other than that, you know from my podcast, I'm not a fish eater. So the plan was eat some snakehead, ingest its aura, its mysticism, its its energy, and that way maybe I would catch a snakehead. And I wanted to do this several years ago when I electroshocked a snakehead with Virginia State Biologist John Odenkirk. But I had clients that morning, and I wasn't able to eat the fish that the rest of the Tidal Potomac fly rotters ate. So I went to the 2012 Snakehead Tournament. I interviewed all these fine new friends of mine, and I got a whole lot of information, and I ate Snakehead. And I can tell you that as a non-fish eater, it was pretty darn delicious. I don't often eat fish, but when I do, it is cooked by Chef Chad Wells of Alewife Restaurant. So listen to the podcast. Please go to the links that everyone mentions. Please follow them on Twitter. Become friends with them on Facebook. And I hope to see you and some other fly anglers there next year. And I didn't really know much about bow fishing until this tournament. So if you go to my YouTube page, R Snow White, you're going to see a lot of gory, bloody, and slimy pictures from the weigh-in. And be sure to watch the two kids behind the scale as they touch and rub the snakehead slime on each other. It's pretty hilarious. So here is the podcast. If you have any questions, email those folks. You know They're on the podcast to share their information. Thanks for downloading. I'm Austin Murphy from the PotomacSnakehead.com. It's Jesse Swan, also from PotomacSnakehead.com. And we got a tournament going on today. Let's talk about the tournament and both of your techniques for catching snakeheads. Because my listeners know that uh, we've only got one in three years, so. We're not having as much luck as I thought we'd have, but you guys seem to be doing well, so let's talk about that. We've, we've been very, very fortunate with snakeheads. Uh, we go out like two to three times a week and usually have at least ten in the boat, um, but we use a variety of techniques. Um, obviously, there's hook and line uh, and fly fishing, but we also have a lot of success with bow fishing, and uh, Jesse can talk a little bit more about bow fishing. Uh, our bow fishing techniques are always changing. We're always adapting to the environment. Um, we started this year in March, which is super early. We had a warm spell, and the fish came up from out of the deep water, and we're just needing that sunshine. And uh, we were hunting structure. There's no grass yet, so they're around trees and uh, wood edges, and you could see as many as 50 fish a day. And we just ease up to them real slow with a trolling motor. It's almost like hunting any other animal at that point because they're super smart animals or super smart species. And uh, ease up to them and just stick an arrow if you can. But our average is you might hit two out of ten shots. So it's still not easy. You still have to work for it. But uh, a lot of these guys just practice so much that they've, they've really honed in their skills and are really, really good at killing fish. There's a boat over there with a platform on the front. Is that a bow hunting boat? Yes. Yes, it is. Bow, bow fishing boat. They're totally set up for it. Uh, a lot of guys will run halogen lights because it's easy. They're easy to get your hands on, but you'll see guys with uh, um, high-pressure sodium lights, uh, metal halides. Um, if you have the money, the ultimate setup is LEDs because uh, then you can go without a generator just solely relying on battery power which is phenomenal you're dead silent then uh, but it takes a lot of money to be able to set that rig up but we do have a couple guys here that are set up that way i'm very curious to see how their success um compared to ours with a generator where we're out there making a lot of noise i'm, I'm really curious to see how how many fish they're killing 
use? We use metal halide lights and a pretty quad generator, and we've got we have great success with that. But uh, yeah, uh, it's the sports evolving, and people are getting better at better at killing these fish. We found that their skulls are pretty hard. You ever hit one with a bow? Does it probably bounce off? Absolutely. Um, the gill plate also, if you get a side shot and hits the gill plate, it's super hard. you got to have kind of high poundage bows, so we typically don't aim for the head. We go for center body um, just to get full penetration. Um, that way the, the shaft works properly, so the, the broadhead goes through and is able to open up and the barbs are able to deploy. Um, but, yeah, we have lost several fish by hitting them in the head or the gill plates. If, if you have enough kinetic energy, I always talk about kinetic energy. If you do have enough kinetic energy, you can take, you know, uh, harvest them with, with headshots. Um, it just depends on your setup and the bow poundage. Absolutely. Um, the biggest fish to date that we've killed was 17 and a half pounds, and the fish was facing me and getting ready to bolt. So I took the headshot, and I was fortunate enough to be able to get the, boat, the fish on the boat with the help of a net. So it can be done. Let's talk about some, some fly fishing techniques. You're saying long casts, smaller flies than uh, traditionally thought of? Absolutely. We're actually working on some prototype flies. Uh, I get to experiment with them almost every day. Uh, and these fish, especially in, in the shallow tributaries, which we notice a lot of them moving midday, they are very spooky. And I think a common mistake that people do when they're fishing for snakeheads is they throw big stuff um, they get close to the fish. The fish sees you and sees the, the fly or the lure and just won't eat. So long shots, I think that's the way to go. And hopefully we'll have some flies and some footage, um, you know, so people can actually see how we're doing it, you know. Uh, look look for um, stuff on PotomacSnakeHead.com. We'll, we'll be posting, you know, actual footage of, of snakeheads eating flies. That's That's the goal once we get the tournament. Uh, wrapped up this year you know we've had a huge uh, turnout this year we've more than doubled the participation rate from last year what what we're thinking about doing next year is having a separate class one class for bow fishermen one class for people who like to fish conventionally with flies or hook and line so that we can we can actually attract more fly fishermen to to the event having separate classes i think uh, jesse and i talked about and i think that's probably going to help a lot. What do, you, what do you think about that, separate classes? Yeah, absolutely. And then I don't think the fly fishing community really knew about this. I mean, I didn't see it on the local message boards or anything. So uh, it's, been, it's been in Twitter, you know, it's been around on Twitter. I, I just think uh, having a separate class next year will actually get the, you know, the fly fishing community out. Absolutely. I know a lot of the, the fly guys are obsessed with them. And we, they're mostly bycatch for us. We're fishing for stripers or largemouth, and that's when we catch. I was fishing for carp. When I caught mine, so they're definitely, um, you know, getting noticed. We actually target them directly. We just love to catch them. And, of course, they're great. You know, the taste profile is amazing. That's why we have five chefs out here at the event today cooking snakeheads to expose the public on, you know, what a great profile, taste profile they have. What I'm hearing from anglers a lot is that they hope the fish have actually spawned out. They're hoping that they can find the fry bowls, and at that point, the fish are protecting their babies, and they're very aggressive towards anything in that nest. So if you throw a frog or you throw a fly in there, and he thinks you know that, that lure is going after his babies, he's going to strike. So a lot of the anglers were really hoping by the date of the tournament that they would be spawned out and protecting that fry ball. I have not seen that yet this year, but fisheries, um, they have seen it already this year, so it's, it's definitely happening. But in a week or two, 
um, hook and line guys are really going to start crushing fish. One of the things Jesse and I were involved with before the tournament, we went out with uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Josh Neward, and we actually shocked and tagged a lot of fish. We got to see exactly what they're doing, their movements, their patterns during the day and the evening, and we're seeing a lot of fish moving midday. I think I think that's a, a a great piece of advice. Is if you really want to target these fish, don't be afraid to to hunt them. You know, or fish for them, twelve to six. You know, we're going out at three today for them. Oh, great! Well, Pohick Bay. We've we've been down there, uh, and that's that's a pretty good spot. Yeah, lots of lots of grass beds, great hydrilla beds down there. Mm-hmm. Grass is really coming in right now. Caught some nice bass and catfish on Monday last week. Um, have you gutted them? Anything in particular you find in the stomachs more than others that we should be time flies to mimic? Um, I think it, from what fisheries told us, um, it's pretty common to find eels inside the fish. Um, sunfish is pretty common, but from what I hear, their digestive system is so fast. A lot of times when we're bow fishing for them at night, um, they've already digested, and most of the time there's nothing in, in their belly. But during the day, they say they really like to feed on eel and uh, frogs. We have found, uh, we were out the other day, found quite a large sunfish in, in the belly of one. We uh, actually dissected that fish with Josh Neward, and he took it back to the lab, tested. It was a female. Uh, average female has about 40,000 eggs. The, the fish that we harvested had 100,000 eggs, uh, which is way off the charts it's kind of a record for what fish and wildlife has found so josh neward's doing a great job out there um, targeting these fish and we have people saying we're not impacting this fish you know you think we can't hurt the species anytime you go out and shoot fish on a nest that have a hundred thousand eggs in them you can't tell me you're not impacting the species so absolutely now's the time to target them to keep this population in check definitely that one that was pulled out of the Occoquan three weeks ago got a lot of notoriety i got a text message with that picture like right after it happened from the parking lot and of course i was out of town so i was getting a lot of phone calls we've harvested fish last year in the 18 pound class range we think really we think that record's going to get smashed this summer we're seeing fish bigger than that so um, i think it's the tip of the iceberg um i think i think i think it can happen today in this tournament i think we could we could set a new record absolutely yeah, we're we're not fishing anything under twenty pound tippet on the fly rods right now, so we don't want. If we get one, we're not losing it. And I have a contest. My first client that can land one, I buy them lunch and a pint of beer. Well, you might be buying us lunch and a pint of beer very soon. Yeah, I get you guys out on my boat sometime too. Great. So you have a technical skiff, or I have a drift boat like Western, okay. seventeen by five with a nine nine outboard, Great. and then I got the oars so I can get in. I can put that in three inches of water. I can go through the spatter dock with it. Awesome. It's a pretty sneaky boat. Yeah, I think targeting this fish with uh, sort of a traditional uh, technical skiff um, that gets you into skinny water, maybe a platform uh, to spot fish and pull through stuff very carefully, I think that that's a great way to, to target the fish. It's something that we're probably going to be doing more of next year. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. I think we actually learned a lot going out with Fish and Wildlife. Um, We were hunting areas that we typically cannot hunt with our boat, and also we're sight fishing. So if that fish is up in lily pads or up in grass on a flood high tide, we're not seeing them. But we cruised that edge with the shock boat, and we would see fish coming out of there. So if you're throwing a fly up in there, you have a very good chance. You have an advantage over us as far as a bow fisherman. Um, 
So I think I think definitely on a high tide, don't overlook the, the cover, the grass, because a lot of the guys can't get in there. If you can't see the fish, you can't shoot the fish. So if I was if I was out there fly fishing, I would definitely be hitting those those lily pad beds and grass beds on a high tide. And wood structure. Absolutely. All right. Well, we could go on forever, but I'll show you guys. I want to show you my flies. I'm going to get those out of my car. Great. Right. So thanks, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining me. Great, great to talk to you. Hope to see you next year in the tournament. Absolutely. Hope you bring lots of fly fishermen to the tournament, too. Yeah, very cool. Thank you. Wish you all the success. Thanks. We got Ben Sargent right at the uh, Snakehead tournament. You might know Ben recently from Kathleen Hoda the other day and from Hook Line at Dinner and some other fishing shows and cooking shows. Um, also, from he beat Bobby Flay in the uh, Chowder Smackdown. Bobby beat you? That was like one of the first Smackdowns we ever saw. Who's the first one ever? First one ever? All right, so let's talk about snakeheads, and uh, apparently you've got the same challenge we have of fishing for them but not catching them. Yeah, I've been having trouble with this uh, specific species. It's uh, obviously an invasive, and uh, they're supposed to be taking over the world, and yet I can't seem to catch one to save my life. I had to go all the way to uh, Florida to get one, actually. I'm headed to Florida in December, so hopefully I can have better luck in the canals there yeah i don't know what it is they're not as aggressive in florida i think it's called the what is it bolt it's got a it, the bullseye yeah but they, they're not as fun to catch but they seem to be a little easier to catch so i don't know it's very very embarrassing the ones up here are pretty aggressive but they just don't want to eat my fly exactly, exactly. so yeah i mean I, i've been interested in them just because you know it's such a good eating fish um and i'm surprised how many people don't go after them target them um and also i see guys throwing them back which is such a shame you know it's like a you shouldn't do it and b i think people don't realize you know what they could bring to the to the dinner table i caught a 34 incher and i just i took the head and left the body because i don't need fish so i had i know there's some guys now that'll take it off my hands Uh, and you had some fish tacos with them that chad prepared for you on your show chad made an awesome fish taco um he's kind of doing a really good job in the baltimore area of like changing people's perception i think just because uh the name probably turns a lot of people off and uh i think he's just turned it into something that's a little more palatable and uh obviously if you can get people to start eating them in the cities then you can maybe make a dent in the population my friend trent wants to change the name to delicious fish (laughs) i've heard things like that yummy fish delicious fish that would do do a lot better (laughs) so you drove down the it looks like a pickup truck no motorcycle no motorcycle this time. Uh, my buddy Mike and I decided we'd represent uh, New York City, and uh, we came ill-equipped, to say the least. We, uh, we've got our saltwater gear. Neither one of us are, are big uh, freshwater guys, so we, uh, we have all the wrong equipment and uh, didn't even have a boat and um, decided to, to rent a canoe, which was probably a good idea, but didn't help us. And your obsession is lobster. So I already told you that I, I don't eat fish. Do you think it's horrible that I'm allergic to shellfish? So I, I can't even eat lobster. It's horrible. I mean, I feel sorry for you just because it's uh, such a, so good. Um, I, it's my fear. My I, every day, I'm like just afraid I'm gonna, you know, these allergies you develop later in life. Sometimes it's the food you love the most that comes to get you. So I just pray it doesn't happen to me. <laughs> so what are you gonna take away from this tournament? Um, I think it's it's like so many things. Uh, if you've got the wrong gear. You really, you really have to prepare. It's all preparation. You got to come with the right setup. Um, uh, I didn't. I've never really been that excited by the whole bow hunting thing. But I saw these guys um, in the lily pads jump, jump out of their boat and start 
you know, stalking a fish, like, you know, creeping through the high water. And uh, suddenly I, I think my whole opinion on bow fishing has changed. It looked kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I guess we can find you on Twitter. We can find you on the cooking channel. Anywhere else? Yep. Um, best place to look for me is uh, Twitter. It's it's uh, Dr. Claw or uh, Brooklyn Chowder Surfer. Um, just relaunched uh, my website, which is uh, brooklynchowdersurfer.com. And uh, hopefully season three of Hook, Line, and Dinner. Is Bobby Flay short? They always say celebrities are short. He's, uh, I will say he's cooler than he comes off. I think that's his TV persona is being like a real tough guy. He's always mean to, is it Jack McDavid? Mean, but he's not really. He kept, during my episode, he kept leaning over and being like, this is just for fun, dude. Like, have a good time, which obviously helps a lot. When someone says he was pretty funny. I think it was on Entourage. He had a cameo on there. Yeah, no, he is. He's. I'm starting to see him pop up in weird places like that. But he's. Uh, no, he's. Uh, he's a good guy, and he's actually been really uh, helpful to me, which has been awesome. You know, post post uh, squashing chowder squashing. And since I haven't eaten fish probably in 20 years, should I be pretty surprised by the uh, snakehead today? Um, yeah, if you go for it, I would actually say this is a. It's a good fish to start on, just because it's. Uh, it's pretty mild. Um, it's very, you know, it's a white flesh. It's not too fishy, not too oily. Um, so you might, you might surprise yourself. And any favorite spots you've been to on the TV show? Wow. I mean, you know, there's obviously there's places like uh, Isle Morada that is just like, you know, you catch 12, 13 species of fish in like span of four hours, which is crazy. But that's like fishing on steroids. Um, then there's places like Bimini, um, which you know have this kind of amazing history um and you're out fishing with guys who you know are pushing 80 years old and have been uh bonefish guides their whole lives and that's pretty pretty awesome too i usually watch your show more for the fishing part since i don't eat fish but my wife eats fish so she gets the, the techniques from that and it looks good but yeah i just don't eat it and then the lobster i'm like that'll just kill me anyway so I would say my role has uh, become, unfortunately, I didn't really, I didn't ask for this role, but I think uh, I make fishing look a lot harder than, uh, uh, you know, pro fishermen do. So it's kind of a good thing because anyone who's fished knows that it's not that easy. So since I oftentimes am getting skunked, everyone's like, finally, a show that like paints fishing in like the real, the real way, the real light. I mean, that's just the truth to it. And there's not too many shows out there that ever admit to getting skunked. I think I'm one of the few guys like on Twitter that admits to, you know, getting skunked or breaking rods and losing flies. Yeah, I was actually, I broke a guy's rod the other day uh, and uh, it was very embarrassing. It was a custom, like really nice rod and he was really pissed. Um, but uh, I, I paid him for the rod, so hopefully it's all right. Very cool. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. That was fun. Finally got a chance to meet you. All right, I got Chef Chad Wells here from Alewife Restaurant in Baltimore. How's it going? It's going good. Any fish for you the last uh, two days? No, unfortunately not. Um, we tried. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot. We're kind of new to the bow fishing, the bow fishing thing. Um, so my, my fishing team, Gil's Gone Wild, we were out trying. We tried a little bit of hook and line for about a half hour last night, and then right when it got dark, we rigged up a boat. We went out. We took a couple shots on some snakeheads, and we, unfortunately, we missed them. Um, but other than that, I mean, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. And then we went out this morning. We hooked into two. We lost both of those. But, you know, you can't, you can't win them all. They are one elusive fish. 
That's very true. They're they're tough. They're tough to catch. I mean, there's certain times you can target them and you can do really well, and other times, you know, it's just it's a miss. So you did the uh, TV show with Ben Sargent. We talked to him earlier. So a you did uh, snakehead fish tacos. But I think the most interesting thing was you found a battery inside of a snakehead. Let's let's talk about that mystery. Yeah, I went on to a shock boat with uh, Department of Natural Resources uh, with Steve Vilnet from Fisheries Outreach. We went out on a survey trip, and we ended up getting, I think, eight snakeheads. We were out for about two hours, kind of shocking different areas in Piscataway. And we went into some of those creeks, and we cut their gill plates out when we were on the shore, and we took them back, and, of course, you know, I was just going to cook them all. So we took them back, and we cut into them. One of them had a bird skull in it. Um, we had a, um, a tag from uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife in one of them, and the other one actually had a AA battery inside of its stomach. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't eat it. I didn't know what that was going to do, so that one ended up ended up in the trash can. Make some uh, some Duracell flies, I guess. Yeah, you could try it. Uh, apparently, maybe you could use batteries as fishing lures too. Yeah, and you got we both got some cold flying dogs with us today. How how did we get these guys to come down here? Um, Austin Murphy last year, um, he's the tournament director. Last year, he wanted to hook up with Flying Dog for it. Um, they do a lot. You know, they try to they try to help support this whole. Uh, the whole ecosystem as a whole, you know, they do a lot for the oyster recovery partnership with their um, pearl necklace beer, the oyster stout that they do, and then um, you know everybody loves good beer, and we want it to be a Maryland beer if there's going to be beer involved. And where's your restaurant? You're uh, just north of the stadiums. Yeah, we're about three blocks from Camden Yards. Um, we're at 21 North Utah Street, directly across from the Hippodrome. And it's not Utah like the state; it's spelled differently. E U T A W, and I don't know who who had that spelling, but. At Utah Street. What are you cooking today? Some kind of ceviche? That's my question. I was told, I mean, I don't eat fish, so this is going to be a new experience for me. But you're not supposed to eat raw freshwater fish? Um, and maybe that's completely wrong. There's some freshwater fish that you can eat raw and some that you can't. A lot of freshwater fish are scavengers, and you don't want to eat a raw scavenger like a catfish or something like that. Um, a snakehead being a predator, like an, that's an ambush predator, they live in clear water. They eat clean fish. They live in clean water. Um, ceviche is raw to an extent it's actually it's um it's actually cooked it's put in, in citrus and it cooks with citrus so it gives the impression that it's actually cooked and it's not it's kind of we, we kind of did ours a little smaller so it's a little bit like a salsa um with mangoes oranges and we brined it in orange juice instead of straight straight lime juice to make sure that it's a little bit more delicate and you can taste the fish a little more very cool all right um where can we find you on the internet on you're on twitter where else can we find you guys online um, we have the restaurant's website is alewifebaltimore.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at it's at Chef Chad Wells, all one word, and that's that's the best way to find me. I'm always on there talking about snakeheads, talking about fishing, um, all that kind of stuff. Hashtag snakeheads. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you. I hope you enjoyed those interviews with all the guys from the event. Next year, it should be much bigger. I want to make sure that the Tidal Potomac fly riders know about it. I'm going to get it out, hopefully, to just the fly fishing world. I really didn't know much about it, and now you do too. So maybe I'll see you next year at the tournament. And just wanted to let you know that uh, two days after the tournament, I went out to Roach's Road in the Potomac with a purple curly tail bunny with chartreuse rubber legs. And I'm casting along the spatter dock. Did I hook a fish? I set the hook. Big fight, big splash. Turns out it's a three-pound largemouth. Now, normally, I'd be pretty stoked for a three-pound largemouth, but I was hoping that after ingesting all that delicious snakehead, 
I'd be able to catch myself a snakehead. So I released the fish. I took a picture. I keep waiting. And about 10 more casts, I throw the fly. I feel a tug. I set the hook. Ba-boom. Wouldn't you know it? I got myself a snakehead on my line. So I set the hook. And the last week, I caught several large fish. But every time I fought them on the reel, I lost them. So I stripped this fish in. I weighed it to be five and a half pounds, a beautiful, lightly colored snakehead. I gave it to my friend Andrew, who was in the canoe. He had it for dinner. He took all the photos. So those photos are now on the website. I finally got my 2012 snakehead, and I owe it all to the guys at the 2012 snakehead tournament. Jason, take it away. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, visit www.robsnowwhite.com. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know, right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.